Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us today. Our show today brought to you by Sonos. Sonos, experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundboard for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of Locked On Blue Devils. We are a daily podcast where we discuss everything going on in the Duke Athletics world. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We really do appreciate that. If you will, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, want to make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils on YouTube. We are making the move to YouTube. It's going to be so much fun. So make sure you check that out. You'll be able to watch the show every day. Go ahead and subscribe over there. We're going to start doing that in the new year. I personally enjoyed a couple of days off. Uh, with friends and family to celebrate the Christmas holiday. I hope that you had a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season with your loved ones as well. Glad to be back in the saddle. Glad to be bringing you a few more editions of Lockdown Blue Devils as we do daily. Duke basketball looking good so far this year, recapping their game versus Virginia Tech and more all throughout today's edition of the program. So without further ado, let's dive right into our show. Last week, Duke basketball a winner, 76-65 over Virginia Tech, as Duke improves to 11-1 on the season with a 1-0 record in league play. Virginia Tech falls to 8-5. The Hokies are 0-2. Duke led by 9, three minutes into the game. You're sitting there, you're like, all right, this is pretty good. I like the quick start from Duke. But Virginia Tech, a feisty team, a feisty, feisty team, as they were able to battle back and uh, actually led at halftime. Duke trailed 36-32 at the break as Virginia Tech knocked down shots from the outside. Very efficient basketball from the Hokies there in the first half, and Duke played a pretty good first half of basketball themselves, just fell behind, lost that nine-point lead, and next thing you know, Duke uh, obviously needed to regroup in the locker room. They did that, although right out of the gates in the second half. Again, we're ultimately going to get to an 11-point victory for Duke, but right out of the gates in the second half, Virginia Tech doubles their four-point halftime lead Duke's now down eight with two minutes uh, two minutes into the second half, 18 minutes left to play in the game. And then a combination of different things happened basically to let Duke flip momentum altogether. I want to talk a lot about the play of A.J. Griffin and some lineups that have been successful for Duke over the last few games. Again, led by Paolo Banchero, 23.7 rebounds for the Duke freshman as Duke went on to shoot 62% from the floor in the second half. Really amazing stuff from the Duke Blue Devils there in the second half of play. Wendell Moore Jr. played all but 37 seconds in the game for the Blue Devils. He finished with 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Really good game for Wendell. The team finished 5 of 15 from 3-point range. And the funny thing about that, think about this. This is a Duke basketball team that we're well aware of. We know this Duke basketball team had games in their last week of non-conference competition, back-to-back games, that is, where they knocked down 15 three-pointers. So against a team like Virginia Tech, Duke wasn't shooting it as well. They also weren't attempting as many three-point shots 
Still, no issues whatsoever. Duke able to pick up an 11-point victory, only going 5 for 15 from three-point range. Duke was also 13 of 16 from the free throw line. Fairly good mark, although, you know, the free ones, you never want to miss any of them. 13 for 16, though, will take it in a Duke victory. They won the rebounding battle 32-31. Again, seven of those boards coming from Paolo Pinchero, six of them coming from Wendell Moore Jr. So nice efforts there from Duke. Duke once down by eight. It was the largest lead for Virginia Tech that they had, that eight-point lead, again, with 18 minutes left to play, just two minutes into the second half of competition. Duke went on a 27-7 run to give them their largest lead of the game. Duke led 63-49 with 14-31 left to play in the second half. Virginia Tech made it a little bit competitive. They made it a single-digit game at one point. Never got closer than five or six points, though, on that total margin for Duke, and they were able to hold on and win. As Trevor Keels finished with 13 points for the Blue Devils, Jeremy Roach poured in six of his own three steals, three assists for Jeremy Roach. But A.J. Griffin finishes with 13 points in 24 minutes, a nice new high for him in terms of minutes played on the floor and a meaningful game there against Virginia Tech. And it included his first dunk on the run. Again, Duke took the lead 43-42 with 14-31 and never looked back on a Trevor Kills lay-in. But on the run, A.J. Griffin had his first one-handed dunk, first dunk period, but it was this one-handed power dribble slam with the right hand. And it was awesome. It was awesome to see A.J. Griffin is really coming to his own. A lot of people have been talking about his play as of late, and they should be. He has been absolutely remarkable. As A.J. Griffin came in for Mark Williams and truly was the difference maker in this one, Mark Williams finished with zero points, three rebounds, 11 minutes. His role this year has been so confusing, because don't get me wrong, in the game like Gonzaga, Duke doesn't win that basketball game without Mark Williams, his ability to protect the rim against Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy the way that he did efficiently. But there are some days where Duke can't just figure out how to play with the seven-footer on offense. They've been playing much better basketball. So listen to this. Duke played 16 minutes of this lineup. Wendell Moore Jr., A.J. Griffin, Trevor Keels, Jeremy Roach. A couple of smaller guys there with Paolo Banchero, the foot ten guy in the middle. Mark Williams off the floor, the stud freshman, A.J. Griffin, into the lineup. 16 minutes with those five guys there. Again, Paolo, Wendell, A.J., Trevor Keels, Jeremy Roach. They were plus 20 in those 16 minutes versus Virginia Tech. That's a really fun lineup that Duke has sort of discovered here. It's because A.J. Griffin is getting more comfortable, getting healthy again, and able to show you what he's capable of. On the uh, last four games, you want to look at the plus-minus, and I know some people might kind of rebuttal to some of those plus-minus statistics. I get it, but sometimes it really does tell you a story. Listen to this. Over the last four games, Duke men's basketball is plus 84 when A.J. Griffin is on the floor. Again, let me say that again. Over the last four games, Duke men's basketball is plus 84 with A.J. Griffin on the floor. It makes me kind of go back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago with Brendan Marks of The Athletic, one of my favorite guests that we have here on the program. And he was saying, you know, a lot of people have been talking about what's wrong with A.J. Griffin. What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? And Brendan Marks kind of was like, whoa, 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 don't say that. I mean, this guy hasn't played in quite some time. He hasn't played. He didn't play his last year of high school basketball. He was dealing with injuries and that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be what's wrong with him. He's just getting more and more comfortable getting back into playing shape and that sort of thing. And it seems like Brendan proved to be right, as A.J. Griffin's been a big difference maker. The Virginia Tech game, though, you also just got to give love to Paolo Banchero. I mean, he was very, very, very obviously the most talented and best basketball player on the floor in Duke's ACC opening victory over the Hokies. 
He finished with 23 points and 7 rebounds. Paolo Pinchero named ACC Freshman of the Week this week. Another honor for Paolo Pinchero and what's going to be a really exciting basketball season for him here as the calendar gets set to turn to 2022. Virginia Tech turned the basketball over 13 times in the game versus Duke. Duke actually turned it over more. 17 turnovers for Duke. They only had two in the first half. How was that? So down by four at halftime with only two turnovers. Very frustrating for Duke, who again was leading by nine just three minutes into the game. And then 15 second half turnovers for Duke in what was really a dominant half of basketball as they outscored Virginia Tech by 15 in that second half. Just kind of careless with the basketball against better teams. You worry about uh, them taking advantage of those opportunities. So Duke's got to make sure they protect the basketball. It was a really strong second half offensively for Duke, aside from the turnovers versus Virginia Tech, which is something we can't say about that Ohio State game when Duke was shining, uh, was shooting excuse me, 23 22%, whatever it was, versus Ohio State. We wish that we could have that game back for sure. All right, let's get ready to take a break, and then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about what's next for Duke basketball, COVID-19, some issues coming up in the Blue Devils program and across the ACC next on Locked on Blue Devils. Welcome back into Locked on Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson, hosting uh, the show today, as I do every day. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore again. I hope that everyone had a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Duke basketball, their next game set to be played tomorrow at Clemson, scheduled for a 2 o'clock Eastern tip-off. Clemson's getting ready to play in the Cheez-It Bowl versus, uh, I think it was Oklahoma State that Clemson was getting ready to play. Again, not a Clemson football fan. Forgive me for not knowing this off the top of my head. No, it was Iowa State. That's right, Clemson and Iowa State set to play in the Cheez-It Bowl, which is the best name for sure out there. It was a night game tomorrow night, so they wanted to play this Duke and Clemson game in the afternoon to not conflict with that from the Clemson side of things. So, however, it was postponed because of the Duke University health and safety protocols. That's all we know. So clearly what this means is that Duke has had a positive case of COVID-19, whether it be amongst the players themselves or the coaching staff, a manager, someone around the team. It's uh, forced the Blue Devils to postpone their game. And with more and more postponements taking place right now in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL, and across college sports, you beg to wonder kind of what the future of this is as uh, we've got so many players in college athletics and so many in professional sports, at least 97% in all three sports that I just listed off between the NFL, NBA, and uh, NHL being vaccinated against COVID-19 and several, several of those also being boosted at this point and still coming up with COVID-19 cases. Again, don't want to get political on here, just kind of pointing out some facts that we've got. So there's obviously a, a postponement for this Duke and Clemson game. Really important because last week, the ACC athletic directors unanimously voted against the forfeiture policy that was currently in place. We'll talk about how this affects the Duke women's basketball team in the final segment of today's show. But after that Virginia Tech game, Coach K basically had an open mic and said, look, we've got to figure out a way to fix these forfeiture policy rules. They might have been great at one point. They might have been something to encourage vaccination amongst teams and that sort of thing. But clearly it's not working because so many of our teams are 100% vaccinated and still finding a way to test positive for COVID-19 with this new variant that's out there. And the very next day, what did they do? People listen to Coach K. When he speaks, the sports world listens. And now they've changed it unanimously. The ACC athletic directors one week ago voted 
and they have adjusted the forfeiture policy, and they will now reschedule or declare the game a no contest if it cannot be rescheduled. So teams will not be penalized. There will be no forfeits amongst the ACC. Right now, currently there is concern over Saturday, a 6 p.m. game right now for Duke, a trip to South Bend, Indiana to take on Notre Dame is what's next. Notre Dame right now 6-5 and five on the year, 0-1 in the ACC. A month ago, December 3rd, 2021, remember we were talking about how for a while it was like Duke was the only team to have not played an ACC game at that point. So Notre Dame played a really early ACC game against Boston College. They lost that one by a score of 73-57. to So Mike Bray's Notre Dame team lost by 16 to Boston College. They're playing at Pitt tonight, but also remember this Notre Dame team at home beat Kentucky, a team that Duke also beat at a neutral site. They beat the Wildcats by four points in South Bend. That's where Duke would play on Saturday if that game is able to be played. Follow us on social media because we will continue to get you updated. As soon as we knew that the Duke and Clemson game was postponed, I immediately went to Twitter, at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and at LO underscore Blue Devils to let you know the game was being postponed. You can also follow at Duke MBB. They're always good with the updates. But uh, they're still concerned whether or not Saturday's game versus Notre Dame will be able to be played. The Fighting Irish play Pittsburgh tonight. We'll see if they're either 1-1 one one in the ACC or 0-2 oh following the conclusion of that game. Coming up next Tuesday, one week from today on January 4th, Duke is scheduled to play Georgia Tech in Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's their second ACC home game. So Duke and Georgia Tech from Cameron Indoor after the Notre Dame game coming up on Saturday. That's again Tuesday, January 4th. And then next Saturday, January 8th, Duke has a game scheduled at home versus Miami. Last little tidbit I want to give you here for Duke men's basketball before we take our uh, final break of the show and tell you some more about women's basketball and a couple of football uh, tidbits. Sean Stewart has committed to play basketball at Duke University. We learned this on December 23rd as, again, the 2023 four or five star. Some services have him as one or the other. He's currently number 25 in his class. That ranking is going to go up. I promise you it is. By the time he graduates high school, he will for sure be a consensus five-star. Sean Stewart has committed to join the Brotherhood. He joins Caleb Foster in the class of 2023. Duke now has the number one recruiting class in 2023. Again, they also have the number one recruiting class in 2022. So the first two recruiting classes for Duke men's basketball, head coach and waiting, John Shire, number one in the country. No one has ever done that before. That speaks to the excellence that Coach K has established, the future and the outlook of the John Shire era, because we've got two five, two number one classes and two five stars set to join the 2023 class right now. Sean Stewart is a six foot eight forward, 210 pounds out of Windermere, Florida. He went to a game, a Duke game, in fourth grade, and he says he's been a fan of Duke basketball ever since, and it's always been his dream to play for the Blue Devils. His dad, Michael Stewart, they called him Yogi. So Yogi Stewart played college basketball at Cal Berkeley, then had a long NBA career for seven or eight years, appeared in 286 NBA games. And Sean Stewart is a longtime uh, family friend with Grant Hill. Grant Hill and uh, Sean Stewart's father, Yogi Stewart, uh, they're good lifelong friends and that sort of thing. And so uh, you kind of felt the, the, the pressure there, I'm sure, from Grant Hill to join the Brotherhood. And Sean Stewart seems so excited to be able to play for Duke basketball. Grant Hill was excited on Twitter and Instagram, sharing the news with the world that Sean Stewart had committed to play for the Blue Devils. So there we go. Duke recruiting just continues 
to keep going and going and going. And every time they get a commitment, you know, you've got the uh, video that Duke men's basketball always tweets out that features all of the great players Duke has had over the years, including Kyrie Irving and then Jay Billis at the very end saying another one. That's right. Duke has another one joining their class. Got a good team so far. Hopefully they're able to play the game coming up on Saturday versus Notre Dame. Again, Duke 11-1 and right now, 1-0 and in ACC play. Let's take a quick timeout when we come back. Want to talk a little bit about Duke women's basketball and some Duke football storylines next here on Locked on Blue Devils. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march throughout the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. I want to welcome you back into Lockdown Blue Devils, our final segment today on the podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. Uh, Duke women's basketball last week finished their non-conference play with a 78-35 win over Charleston Southern. It was a true road game for the Blue Devils as they played at the CSU Fieldhouse. That's the name of the Charleston Southern home arena as Charleston Southern fell to 0-11. Duke is 9-1 on the year. Charleston Southern, not a very good team, 0-11. A 43-point victory for the Blue Devils. But it's always interesting to see these teams go play those road games, true road games in the non-conference. When you're a Power 5 school and you go to the smaller campuses and that sort of thing, you got to give a school like North Carolina credit. We've seen them in years past go play a road game at like Wofford before and actually lost that game. So what, they're willing to do it. Duke women's basketball is willing to do it, and they pick up a 43-point victory. In the contest, Elizabeth Balagun had a season-high 14 points to go along with seven rebounds. Malia Goodchild had 10. Nia Green had 10. Vanessa DeJesus had a career-high 10 rebounds for the Blue Devils. There was a stretch in the game where Duke went on a crazy, crazy scoring run and also held CSU scoreless for seven minutes and eight seconds worth of game time. Just insane run made by the Duke women's basketball team as their game against uh, Miami has now been postponed. The Miami-Florida game was set to be played two days prior to their game versus Charleston Southern, but the Miami Hurricanes had COVID-19 issues in their program, so they had to forfeit, so we thought they had to forfeit the game versus Duke. Again, when this game went final between Duke and Charleston Southern, you would have seen the headline that Duke is now 10-1 on the year, 1-0, in ACC play. But ever since Coach K spoke out on Tuesday night and since the athletic directors met again last Wednesday and readjusted that forfeiture policy as we just spoke about, that game is now postponed. It's now not a win in the win column for the Duke Blue Devils, and they'll try to get that game played a little bit later. Now, on Thursday this week, Duke will play at Virginia Tech in their official ACC opener. It's going to be the first of two meetings between the Blue Devils and the Hokies over a 15-day span. So it should be a fun one coming up on Thursday. Some Duke football notes for you. I do want to let you know, again, we're continuing to monitor the coaching staff that Mike Elko has put together, the newest Duke football head coach. However, right now, on this Tuesday, only Lyle Hemphill 
that's the only hire that remains official. Lyle Hemphill, again, being named the safeties coach by way of Wake Forest, a prior experience with Mike Elko, the only hire right now for his staff. Trooper Taylor, we've heard reports out there from all the best beat writers that cover the Duke Blue Devils that he's going to be the only guy retained on the staff. Again, no official word from Duke whether or not that's true. However, what you can do, I did this myself today, GoDuke.com, the official school website. They're always so quick at updating their athletic website. Trooper Taylor is still listed on the website as the associate head coach and defensive backs coach. The only other coaches listed are Mike Elko and Lyle Hemphill. Every other coach from the 2021 and David Cutcliffe staff are no longer on the website. Trooper Taylor's name, however, is still up there listed as the associate head coach and defensive backs coach, known as the best recruiter on the Duke staff. It's amazing that it looks like he's going to be able to stay on this coaching staff. want to give a little plug as well to the All-22 podcast. David Shoemate, the current voice of the Duke Blue Devils, as we've discussed with football and men's basketball, joined by Dave Harding and John Roth. It's their official Duke football podcast that the school puts out. They had a recent conversation with Mike Elko to discuss his new hire how much he's excited to be in Durham, and they also spoke with Nina King as she sort of reflects and recounts the head coaching search that they went through. Really, really fun conversation. I enjoyed listening to it. Had a lot of travels myself over the holiday break. My younger brother, Elijah, actually got engaged. So I guess I do want to give a shout-out to Elijah and his now fiance Mallory, for getting engaged. Spent a lot of time with family, which meant a lot of time in the car, which meant plenty of opportunity for me to listen to uh, some of the other great Duke football uh, conversations that are out there right now. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. Make sure you go check out Locked On ACC with Candace Cooper for a complete rundown of everything going on in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.